Hello and welcome to the Jersnet podcast, the independent Rangers podcast made for fans, by fans. Yeah, the content is absolutely key. Joining us tonight for the live stream. Um, obviously, if you if you want to stream or download it after the live broadcast, it's available on Acast, iTunes, YouTube, Castbox, Stitcher, and Spotify. Um, and obviously, if you if you're enjoying what we're doing here, um, please share it on social media when you get the chance. Uh, my name is David Renner. David Renner, I'm your host for tonight. Um, joining me is Colin and unfortunately Stevie was supposed to be joining us but he has had some some car issues um, and has had to make a, a trip down to Ayrshire to, to pick up someone so I think he's not going to make it on tonight but Colin how, how are you doing? Uh, bands David? <laughs> I know. <laughs> as, oh, yeah, it was a car crash you know but uh, there we uh, go. We've all been there uh, mate. You- no, I knew I was going to do that after slagging you off the last time. I think there's a couple. There's a couple of wee stutters in there actually. You know, we were since I've done this posting It's uh, it's just been one of the weekends, and it so uh, that's, that's what it is, I suppose. Aye, it's um, I've had better weekends, David. Uh, you know, answering your question, I was at Ibrox yesterday, and it was just one of those games. It kind of felt like we were never going to get the goal for sort of. Very early on, you know, the, the old phrase of they could play all week and not score. And uh, it's it's been a bad couple of weeks, really. You know, we went for a position of real strength just a week ago. Uh, and, uh, you know, potentially the whole the whole thing being over. I, I still think we've got a wee bit of hope. If we win the game in hand, and we're still in there. But the, the, it's, been a, it's been a bad couple of weeks uh, in terms of trying to win that league. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, just just going on to to yesterday's game, Colin. I think you know it's kind of summed up the past few weeks in a way because it was just such a flat performance. What what were your thoughts on on the ninety minutes? Again, it's just I think we've all felt since the the, the winter break that we've not quite looked ourselves. You know, we had a, a really difficult December. I had fears about how we would come out that December, if I'm being honest. And, and we, I'm going to say we coasted through it, but I mean, the only, the only done that we had was at Pataudry. You know, we got that great result at, at Celtic Park. And we came out that really difficult run of fixtures in a far better position than I, than I thought was, was really possible. We go away in the winter break, we get away, get a wee bit of sun on the back in Dubai and all the rest of it, and we've came back looking like a different team. The tempo is really flat, the, the, the intensity, the aggression, everything that made us look like, you know, potential title winners just before Christmas there, it's all gone. And, you know, against Stranraer, you think, right, first game back, and then it's St Martin, you know, they're just getting into it, but it just does not seem like, like we're improving. If anything, it seems to me that we're, we're actually getting worse. And that's how it felt yesterday. Uh, you know, the more you watched it, it just you just felt this team has has run out of ideas, they've run out of confidence, they've run out of belief. Too many of our, our big performers, in my opinion, aren't playing. I've, I've seen a lot of stuff. It's always the case on on Twitter. You know, after after a bad result, that you get the reaction from supporters. So I've seen loads of stuff. You know, it's this person's fault. It's that person's fault. Uh, someone was going on about, you know, it's because Tav's not in the team. I, I personally think it's because far too many of our players are, are just not performing at the levels they were performing at. Goldson, I mean, defensively, he's been okay. But, I mean, I lost count of how many times he gave away the ball yesterday. Katic, a, a very, very poor game yesterday. He gave the ball away almost catastrophically when he, when he let Sam Cosgrove in. And then he, he gave away another one in the second half that, that forced Scott Arfield to take a book in. Davis looks like the player that we signed last January. Barisic, his delivery, absolutely honking. You know, he's went from looking like a world beater just before Christmas to, to back to that sort of level he was at when we were all questioning him. Kamara, I mean, again, how many times does he give the ball away? Kent, not looking. I mean, I thought Kent was was quite bright. I, saw they, they, I wouldn't say he'd done a huge amount, but he was definitely trying to find pockets of space and he was, he was certainly trying to 
you know, run beyond the, the, the sort of midfield and get in, in behind Aberdeen and cause them problems. Bright, but certainly not a £7 million player type performance. And these are all big players and they're not performing. Every one of them has just had a, a run of form that has crippled this team. And uh, Stephen Gerrard was right yesterday. We need to find a, a solution to it soon because if we don't, it'll, it'll, the league will be done and dusted because they don't look like they're going to drop many points. So we don't have many more opportunities to drop points. You know, we, we need to win most of our games from here on in. So we need to we need to find a solution to this because if we don't, I reckon before March comes, if we keep dropping the points at the rate we're, we're dropping them at the, at the moment, come March, that th- this league title's over. Is it quite strange that, you know, to go from to go from this sort of position of the momentum really being with us, um, you know, to a position where we're not only playing catch up, but not actually looking like we're going to go into games and be be confident and pick up points. That is the most, I think, the most concerning thing about this. And you know, when you look look towards the next few games, it's not as if you're looking towards them the way we are maybe before Christmas and thinking, um, you know, that we're, we're going to pick up points. What what do you think has happened here to make it, you know, so so poor so quickly, considering how well we were playing in times before the before the break? I asked a similar question on Friday when we we done the, the the deadline day show. And I think I asked it to, to to Frankie, and he couldn't give an answer. And I'm struggling to find an answer because we really did look like a real, real potential title-winning team in December. There, the, the the intensity and the tempo that we were playing at, you know, and it seemed like the, the system that we'd found. I've said this before, but it seems to to mirror what Liverpool are doing at the moment. You know heavily relying on the fullbacks getting forward, having your front three in there, and a midfield three who are not overly creative but keep teams hemmed in. I mean, one thing Stephen Davis has really, really done well since he came back, something that he's maybe added to his game that I don't think he had quite as much when he was here the first time, is how tenacious he is at winning, winning the ball back, winning possession back. You know, when, when moves break down, the amount of times I've seen him going in recently and just breaking up the move and then keeping that team totally hemmed in that they can't get out. That, that just that just seems to have gone. That that whole midfield three are just not performing at all. And as I said, I think Davis looks like a... He looks kind of like the player we signed in last January. He looks like a Shelley player at the moment. But why that is, why these players are suddenly performing like this, I, I, I don't know. Because they looked, they looked so confident. They looked like they had so much belief. The only sort of thing you can come... The only sort of theory you can come to or conclusion you can come to because it's happened a few times with this team, is any time they get the initiative, they, they hand it straight back. Now, th- this happened last season. They, we went to Tynecastle, We beat Hearts 2-1, I think it was, and that put us top of the league. That was a real statement. You know, We hadn't been there at that, that stage in the season for a long, long time. I think the following week, we dropped points and handed it right back to Celtic. We beat Celtic on the 29th of December last year when Ryan Jack scored the, the winner. Put, put the pressure right on Celtic. First game back. We get beat off Kilmarnock and we hand the initiative right back to them. Yeah, the League Cup final there, you know, we're one nothing down. We won a penalty and they go down. They go down to to ten men, you know. And we score that penalty and we're winning that tournament. We're winning that cup. End of. It's not even a debate. Should have won it anyway. But if they, if we'd got that goal that day with them being down to ten men, we'd have won that cup. We missed the penalty. And then for that point on, we never looked, it was probably the worst we played in the entire game. For that point on, we never looked like we were going to score. And then we beat them at Celtic Park uh, four or five weeks ago there. And technically, go top of the league. Obviously, we're uh, two points behind them, I think, at the the stage. But we've got that game in hand. We won that game in hand. Uh, We're a point or two points ahead. Initiative was... And within a couple of games back, we hand it back. So the only conclusion you can come to, and I don't want to call these players, you know, uh, you know, cowards or anything like that. I, I, I don't want to be that strong, but it's the only conclusion you can come to because every time we seize the initiative, we can't handle it and we hand it right back to them. And since we've been in the driving seat, because we were in the driving seat when we left Celtic Park a few weeks ago, we have looked a shadow of the team that we were when we were 
chasing that initiative. You know, we, when we were chasing Celtic and had to win games to get in front of them, we looked a far better team. The minute we become the, the team being chased, we look a different team. So the only conclusion you can come to is that it's, it's down to the mentality of the players and maybe they can't handle uh, the pressure of, 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 of a title thing. I mean, another issue that we've got, <clears throat> that we've had for a while, especially under Gerard, and probably before that, I think, even as far back as, as Warburton and stuff like that, we always seem to struggle, especially at home, to break down stuffy opponents. And I think yesterday it wasn't helped by the fact, you know, it seemed that all the big players just didn't, didn't turn up and certainly didn't take the initiative, initiative in the game, which, again, was something that I'd mentioned last week in the Hearts game. There's just nobody stepping up to, to take that initiative. Um, and we seem to continue to to struggle in these games where teams come and sit in and you know Denny McInnes a lot of things but he can certainly he can certainly set a team up which he did and by all accounts you know Aberdeen had chances of their own McGregor had to make saves but that again is is probably due to us not being able to set the team up in the right way to to combat you know a, a deep flying team um, Hibs uh, will present another challenge on, on, on Wednesday but you know how, how concerning is it from, from a Rangers point of view that we continue to to fail in, in, in breaking these teams down Well I think yesterday I think Stephen Gerrard has to take some of the, the responsibility I think the majority of it lies on the players because they're just not performing. And it's the old adage of, you know, a manager can prepare a team the best they can. But once they're over that white line, it's up to the, the guys in the jersey to to carry out the plans. And they're not doing it. However, you know, there's undoubtedly evidence, you know, that we're falling down the same traps time and time again against the same teams. Now, we've dropped five points against Hearts this season at Tynecastle. Last season, we couldn't have beat Aberdeen. Last season, we couldn't have beat Hibs. You know, so it's the same teams time and time again. We, we, we scudded Aberdeen earlier on this season at Ibrox 5 nothing. We should have scudded them up at Pataudry, uh, but we had a wee wobble in the last half hour or so, and they've got a couple of goals and sort of stole a draw. But yesterday, it, it felt very similar to the sort of games last season when Aberdeen looked fairly confident in terms of you're only going to break us down. So you... you kind of have to start looking at Gerard and saying, right, okay, why are you falling down the same trap holes all the time? Why are these teams consistently able to, you know, to either beat us or, 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 or take two points off us? And, I, and again, I'm, I, I, I really can't find an answer, but one thing I will say, you know, if, if we're going to struggle in fixtures like Aberdeen at Pataudry, Hibs at Easter Road, Hearts at Tynecastle, we're going to have another one of those tricky fixtures next season because it looks like Dungeon United are going to come up. So that's another team that we've got a kind of rivalry with that don't like us very much. So instead of a Hamilton or a, a, a St. Mirren or something like that, two teams that we, we usually confidently and fairly easily beat, we're going to have Dungeon United and two, and two trips to Tanadice. So this team needs to learn and they need to learn fast how to deal with these fixtures because... That is part and parcel of winning titles and winning cups. These are the, the the games that, you know, define teams. And Celtic go to these grounds and, you know, sometimes they struggle. I've never seen the game today, but by all accounts, Hamilton were a wee bit unlucky and Celtic should have had a man sent off and all the rest of it. Yeah, again, they, they get the job done. And they, they went to Tynecastle last year, got a really hard time at it, scored in the last minute. They went to Kilmarnock, got a really hard time at it scored in the last minute. So they, they know how to negotiate these tricky factors and they always get through them. We don't. And I, I love Stevie G and I think he's the best man for the job, but he needs to find a way around this because you don't win leagues by going to these grounds and, and dropping points at the rate that we're doing. Uh, and you don't win leagues by seizing the initiative and then a week later, you know, pee in the bed, so to speak, and then handing it right back to the... Gerard summed it up himself last week. He said, Celtic have been waiting for us to blink, and we're blinked. Well, we're blinked again yesterday. You know what I mean? And you kind of get the impression that Celtic are, are confident that we're going to do that. And as you say, I'm now looking at the fixtures. You know, when we came back in January, we are all looking at the fixtures going, well, we've got a decent run of fixtures up until the next old firm game. And they've got quite 
tricky fixtures. I was looking at our fixtures today thinking, oh Christ, we've got Hibs on Wednesday night. Well, they're going to Motherwell. They'll win that. You know what I mean? And that's the sort of mentality shift that's happened. All of a sudden, I'm looking at our fixtures thinking, oh, that looks tricky. And looking at their fixtures thinking, oh, they'll win that. You know, it'll be a tricky night for them, but they'll win it. So he needs to, he, he does, he needs to find a way around us because if he doesn't, we'll, we'll be second again. It's all quite a, a similar story as well, but what I would say on the on the point you made you made there about you know the fact we've struggled against these teams. The worrying the worrying thing is all three of them, Hearts, Hibs, and, and Aberdeen, are far 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 worse teams than they were. You know, um, maybe two years ago, three years ago, they're not good. They're not great teams at the moment. <clears throat> I think you know Hearts are obviously bottom of the league, or certainly we're bottom of the league now, second bottom. Hibs have had a change of manager this season. Aberdeen certainly aren't hitting the heights that they were and that the squad's not as strong as it once was. Um, yeah, we seem to be struggling a lot more now than we were, you know, before. Um, and certainly at least you could accept that that these were these were tough games and that, that these teams had had some quality players. But I think at the moment, I mean Hearts Hearts last week, that was that was really a shouldn't have been as difficult as we made it. And then yesterday we've, we've we've struggled really really struggled to break um, break Aberdeen down, which is concerning itself. And I think you know if we want to have any any ambitions, it's just it's just not not good enough. And and I don't think to be honest, Celtic will be will be even thinking about us now because I, I just don't think we're we're shown enough, um, and we certainly haven't shown enough in the, in the past three or four games to to suggest that we can keep up with them and I think today again you know they're one each they're, they're one each with 15 minutes to go and they find a way to win at the moment we are finding every every way not to win and that's that's the that's the biggest concern well, another thing that points to mentality uh, David is if you consider we went to Tynecastle last week now again Tynecastle is a tricky place to go right it is it's, it's, it's probably one of the, the, the grounds in Scotland that has one of the better atmospheres you know the crowd's right on top of you and it's it's a tough place to go. But Rangers have been to tougher places this season. We've been to Porto. We've been to Feyenoord. So we went to Porto and we played them off the park and should have won. We went to Feyenoord and again put in an excellent performance and again we should have won. So what's the difference between going to Porto and, and going to Feyenoord to the, the sort of bigger names in Europe and going to Tynecastle where there was something relying on the, you know, we were playing for something in the game in Tynecastle. I still view the, the the European games as they're a bit of a free hit, really. You know, as far as we can get, is, is, is we'll take that considering where we've come from. You know what I mean? So there's a wee bit more of a, it's a free hit. If we get out of this group, we get out of it. If we don't, we don't. Whereas with the league, it's, no, we need to win. We need to win. We need to win. So that's the only difference between those three fixtures. Going to Tynecastle and when we went to Pataudry earlier on in the season and drew two each, you know, when you go to these games, there's a lot riding on it. When we went to Porto and we went to Firenord, we played a lot freer and a lot more confident, probably because there's less riding on it because the players think, well, if we don't get through, we'll probably be qualifying, we've reached our expectation. So all that, again, points to mentality. So it needs to be fixed because you're right, it, 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 from being in a position of real strength just a, just a week ago, you know, uh, before the, 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 the Hearts game, we were in a real position of strength. You know, within seven days, we're now looking at it thinking, well, loads of people, including myself, were saying yesterday, that's it. I've kind of calmed down a wee bit now, you know, the rawness is, is going away from it. But we're not far away from, from that scenario because they don't look like they're going to drop a lot of points. And we look like, if, you know, do you fancy going to Pataudry? Do you fancy going to Tynecastle or Easter Road when, when we come to the, 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 the top six split? And we're still going to go to Celtic Park as well, so... I'm now looking at fixtures and thinking you could potentially drop points there. You could potentially drop points there. I'm looking at Celtic and just, I can't, I, the only team I think that could take points off them are us, you know, and what's going to undo us is our performance against other teams. Yeah, I probably agree with that, but at the same time, and just thinking about it there, we all thought, you know, the, coming into that first home game this season, you know this team. This team's equipped to to deal with Celtic. We've, we've beaten them twice uh, in Ibrox last season, and then that was just the biggest disappointment um, of a game. 
So they keep you guessing all the time. It seems to be this team, and you know, I was I was on here guest last week, and I I feel like I'm saying or feeling the exact same. And it's a, it's a weird sort of feeling of like you're just sort of resigned to the fact that we're we're not playing well. And it, before the before the break, you know, there was an excitement for every game that was coming up, and you you couldn't wait to to see to see the team play. But at the moment. It's like a, a sort of dreading the games coming up because you're thinking, here's another one coming along just to disappoint everyone. I remember feeling last about last season as well. Um, I think it was probably just just after the break as well, and, and possibly for a, for a spell just before as before too, just around the rapid Vienna time, uh, sort of last November December. And I think I, I just don't know. It's difficult because you're. You're trying to think, you know, positively and think we're still in the title race. But if we win, we're, we're game in hand. You know, we're still have two wins away from from you know being being near them, and that's that really really frustrating. Uh, considering, as I said, as I said when I was on me a few weeks ago, the fact this was in our own hands for so long, for it now to be so out of our hands and us relying on them dropping a lot of points. I mean, it's. It's so frustrating from a from a Rangers point of view. I mean, the the positive aspect is you know the amount of points that we've, we've increased on this time this season compared to last, and even when we got to December time, you know, I remember seeing a start or something like eight points better off. So that's that's the plus side, you know. Up until Christmas, this team have been fairly remarkable. Actually, you've got to give them a lot of credit. You know, that they only lost. Two games, one in the, the old firm game at Ibrox, which was was just a, a horror show from start to finish, and the game out at Young Boys. So from from July till December, you have to give this team a lot of credit because they've performed incredibly well. And then when they, they were met with a really stiff test in December, you know that run of fixtures, which everybody thought you know we could drop points here, we haven't. We've, we've came through that very very well. The the, the biggest problem now is. We've, we've, we're now going through a wobble and it, it looks like we're in it for a for a wee while. The other thing is, even although we'd increased the amount of points come December, incredibly so had they. You know, if Celtic were on the same amount of points this season as they were last, we'd have been top of the point by a considerable distance at Christmas. But the fact is, they've upped their game as well. You know, they are consistently winning and consistently, you know, beating teams comfortably or just finding a way to win. And another thing that's sort of creeping up is the goal difference. I think it's up about six or seven now. You know, so that's starting to creep up, which is another point in itself. So there's positives and negatives. I don't think we can be too hard on the team because they performed so well in that first half of the season. But it just feels like to go through all that, to, to then start to chuck it away now, it, it just feels, as you say, it feels really frustrating. I don't know what the answer is. And I think it, it points to mentality and Gerard needs to find a way. One thing I will say, I mean, I said earlier on that, that Stevie G needs to take a, a wee bit of responsibility for yesterday. I mean, he's, he's used to subs yesterday, I found baffling. You know, he's freshened up the squad. We've brought in Haji uh, and the boy for Hibs. And you're thinking with 60 minutes, you think, right, freshen it up a wee bit. There's no evidence, as far as I can see, to suggest that bringing on Ojo is, is going to get us a goal. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm not trying to slaughter the boy, but I, I don't think he's he's got what it takes to, 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 to play for Rangers, let alone Liverpool. And to me, he, he strikes me as the type of player that you would maybe give game time in against Hamilton at Ibrox or, you know, a game where you're fairly confident you're going to get the points. With a half hour to go and a crucial game where we need to get the points, I, I just didn't see Ojo, I, 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 and I don't know why he brought him on. And this is stuff that you know it needs to be fixed because every point's a prisoner now, you know, because they are so consistent and we're starting to wobble that we can't afford too many more days like this. I would say one, one more would probably be fatal. Two more certainly fatal. You know, if we if we don't start getting on the winning track again shortly, then then it's it's over for another season, I think. I think on a <clears throat> on a slightly more positive note, the way you look at 
the way the points are now, seven points. We've got game in hand. If we win that, four points. So be relying on them, you know, dropping dropping to to then put it in our hands in terms of the old firm games. And it's probably not quite as I mean, I think we've still got 13 games to go. So it's still not completely dead in the water. And I think it is it's difficult at this this point, especially when we're playing so badly to think of a more positive light. But that's certainly I mean it's not it's not completely dead. And I think that's that's one thing to to probably remember. Um you just gotta hope that somehow the as you say the manager can can get us can get us out of this because I just don't know how how much longer we can we can go playing like this and, and expect to get victories. It works against the Ross Counties and St Mirrens, but when you come up against a slightly better team in the league, and, and I say slightly, um, that's when it becomes difficult. I think I think for this team, you know, we've got to we've got to find a way, especially when we're not playing very well, because it seems to be that our our, um, our rivals can. Can muster up, you know, a, a few goals from anywhere. Like like today, for instance, when they they obviously were, were one down and then came back and scored three in the last fifteen minutes. You know, we, we just don't seem to have that gear to get us from playing really badly into into really strong position in the game. And I think that's just maybe something we need to find. And obviously, we've signed we've signed two new players, two new forward thinking players. Colin, do you think either of them can? can help out and, and, and add a bit of a spot? I, I suppose time will tell, David. Uh, I mean, based on yesterday, it was very, very difficult to say. I thought Haji, he came on and sort of tried a couple of things. Gave the ball away more than once, fairly cheaply, which sort of made me worry. Uh, Canberra, I, I can't really say he'd done much at all yesterday, but, you know, he came on, we sort of like 10, 15 minutes to go or something. So very, very difficult for him to get involved. Uh, we do. It looks like we do need something, and that's something I didn't think I would be saying. You know, so soon after winning that game at Celtic Park a few weeks back, I thought we looked in a very, very strong position there. But now all of a sudden, you are thinking, you know, you take Ryan Jack out of the team, you take Tav out of the team, and all of a sudden the other boys don't step up, and all of a sudden we've got a problem. You know what I mean? So hopefully those two, if, if anything else, it, it gives you competition for places which I think Gerard has always sort of wanted you know the, the the thing that gets the best out of players is knowing that someone's breathing down their neck for their jersey so you know we had you been there and we can barely been there it will maybe bring more out of the players that are already there so that they try and you know stay in the team a, a, a wee thing happened yesterday in, in, in Stephen Gerrard's post-match conference which Again, I don't want to be over, overly critical, but it, it just sort of raises a wee eyebrow. You know, he, he made a comment of the fact that Katic had made, you know, two blunders. One had let in San Cotsgrove and he should have scored. You know, his final touch let him down and that allowed McGregor to smother the ball. Another one allowed uh, Aberdeen in and, and as I said earlier on, Scott Arfield had to basically put a boy up in there and take a book and to stop, to stop a breakaway. So... You know, he, he came out and said, well, you know, there's Katic made two very obvious errors, which suggests to me that he might not be playing in the next game. But, you know, straight away I was thinking, but wait a minute, Tavernier made two very catastrophic er- er- errors over in at Young Boys, and he never got publicly outed in the same way. Well, I certainly can't recall him getting publicly outed in that way. So again, there's just these things now and again. You think, well, some players seem to just get a free ride it and other players get called out when they make a mistake. So is that maybe causing a wee bit of disharmony in the, the, the dressing room? I, I don't know. Uh, but as I said earlier, it, it needs fix and hopefully these, these two boys that have came in uh, will increase the, the performance levels of the guys that are already there. Because if it doesn't, then, then those guys have got a jersey and they're in the team. So that's if they're not going to have an impact in the team directly by getting game time, they'll impact in the team by increasing the performance levels of the players that are already there because competitions for places, that's that's what that creates. You know, guys are thinking, well, I need to perform every day at training, I need to perform every minute on the park uh, when I'm playing because if I don't, this guy here is going to take my jersey. I think we have to freshen up the, the, the team tactically as well because 
what was the last season Gerard did that with um, with Arthur sort of in a wide role and it seemed to freshen things up at the end of the season but also you know that that, that goes a lot good, you know, goes about quite a lot about changing tactics and, and things like that in your opinion is that is that artificial um, sort of chat to, to say you know it's that easy just to change a um, change a system or change formation I think there was a wee bit of chat on the WhatsApp group last night, wasn't there, about the system? And I think Frankie was saying he felt it was time to change it. Again, it comes down to, you know, boys saying because Tav's not there and because Ryan Jack's not there. I think you can only say that you miss these players when you play well and don't quite go over the line. That's when you say, right, if that guy had been there, he'd have given us that extra 10, 15% and we'd have got over the line. When you're not playing well, I don't think you can blame players not being there. And it's the same, in my opinion, when it comes to the system. I don't think you can look at the system when eight or nine of your top performers aren't performing. To me, you have to look at the players and say, well, I'm giving them instructions. I'm asking them to, to, to carry out a job and they're not doing it. You know, they're just not performing at the same level they were, they were at before the break. And we've spoke about this before. This is a consistent thing. Even at international breaks, when we come back, it seems to take us an age to get up and running again. So I, I don't know if it's quite time to change the system. I think the system that we have has been working really, really well. And teams, if we, if we play at the right intensity and the right tempo, teams can't love with it. Uh, so I think the system isn't working at the moment because the players aren't performing. I, I think we are where we are because the performance levels have, have dipped dramatically. Why that is, as I said earlier on, I don't know. I suspect it's got something to do with mentality. I, I, just think some of these players, when the, 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 an expectation gets placed upon them, it's maybe too much for them. Uh, but I, I, I wouldn't be advocating a huge change of the system at the moment because I think it was working well. I would, If I was Gerard at the moment, I would be asking my players, what's going on? Why are you not playing at the levels that you're, you're, you're capable of playing? And it's not just like one or two. It is practically the whole team. They are all underperforming to a huge level. So I would like to see the performance levels increase before we start thinking about, well, the system's not working. Once the players are playing well and we still can't break teams down and we're still dropping points, then we maybe need to look at the system. Until that point, I would, I think he needs to focus on the players and ask, why why is this happening? Why are you guys, why have you went from looking like title winners to also runs in the space of a few weeks? No, I agree with you. I think, I think it's quite, um, it's quite difficult to to change a system. And I think the only realistic way you would change it in the current football climate, I think, there's two formations that sort of go about, and that's a sort of one we're playing at the moment, more or less, which is technically, a, I suppose, a four-three-three, but it'd be a four-four-three-three, four-two-three-one, whatever you want to call it. Um, in a 3-5-2 and generally we're not going to play a 3-5-2 because I think we tried it last season and it didn't work and it's one that you've got to really work on you know intense intensively before you before you actually you know use it and I think it's just not as easy as changing a system and a lot of people say you know play we should be playing too straight and it, you know it just doesn't really doesn't really work and I think as you say when there's not when there's a lack of players showing up and, and performing it's just that's that I think that's why it's so hard to put any words you know the way we're all feeling at the moment because there's just really no we we can't do anything about it the manager is limited in what he can do for players that are just not performing on the pitch you know and, and that's that's the biggest worry I think that, that they're clearly going out there just aren't able to replicate what they what they were doing earlier in the season. And whether that's an intensity thing, whether that's a fitness thing, or just an overall mentality, I, I, I don't know. But it must be frustrating. I mean, I'm sure Gerald's frustrated as well because there's, there's, there's very little he can do once they go over that white line. There's very little he can he can do other than changing personnel and changing the way they're positioned on the pitch. And I think that's that's the biggest frustration from a fan's point of view as well. There's only people have been commenting in the, in the atmosphere in the stadium, but 
regardless of you know how many fans are there and, and what what should be the atmosphere at a home game, if the players aren't performing and showing you something to get off your feet, then it's really really difficult to get yourself up for that. Even even stuff like this, you know, podcasts about about the way the team are are playing, it's really difficult to be enthusiastic and, and happy about it when the players aren't really giving you you know anything to be enthusiastic about. And I think that's 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 the biggest the biggest issue. Do you would you agree with that assessment? I, I think. I mean, it comes down to the supporters. I think there is an issue. You know, I had a wee exchange with someone on Twitter today. I can't quite remember his name, but he sort of said the difference is when we play away from home, uh, that the fans sing them, you know, sing them home through the first minute to the 90th minute. We get behind the team, we encourage the team at home. The crowd are on their backs very early on. Now, in, in terms of Ibrox, which I'll come to a wee bit more later on, I, th- I, th- I think he's right. You know, there is an issue. Uh, with the home support. However, his whole argument about the away support is null and void because we went to Tynecastle last week and we got beat. You know what I mean? So I, I, I do think it's more to do with the players and and their performance levels at the moment. That said, uh, I think as a support, we need to really have a look at ourselves, especially, especially at Ibrox, because... You know, we talk about players not being able to handle the pressure and, and not having a winning mentality. We may be adding to that. You know what I mean? As a support, you know, if after 10, 15 minutes, we're not one or two and on up, you know, and somebody makes a mistake and the, the crowd start turning on them. You know, as a human being, you know what I mean? It, it would take a very, very strong character for that not to affect your performance. Now, I get what you're saying, and you're right, you know, these guys are professional football players, they should be able to block most of it out. But it must, you know, if you're coming out week in, week out, as I mentioned on the pod on Friday night there, at the game last Wednesday there against Ross County, 41 seconds, 41 seconds into the game before the guy next to me started having a go at the team. Now, that is just, <laughs> just ridiculous on every level. You know what I mean? There's not a player worked up a bead of sweat and he's saying, oh, come on, Rangers, get your finger out. Right, so I, I get that the players have to perform at a higher level. I get that they have to accept that they're with, with a big club and that there's demands there and, and expectations there. But as a support, I think we could help them get through that. You know I mean, you walk through that front door at Ibrox, right? There was, there was a wee period when we were in the lower divisions when I was really sort of questioning... Rangers and if there would ever be anything again and re- really feeling quite down about the club. And then me and the boy booked a tour. And see the minute I walk through that front door and you go into the marble stairway and you go up into the trophy room, everything about the club just hits you. You know, the history, the tradition, just how we are so lucky to support that club. It is one of the best clubs in the world. And you see that when you walk through that front door. You go into the blue room, you go into the trophy room, you walk up that marble stairway and you have a wee look at the ground, you know, from a different perspective, not just from where you sit on a Saturday. And that really lifted me, even though we were in the second division or something like that, that really lifted me. I thought, no, you know what? I support an absolutely fantastic club. The players get to see that all the time. You know, the names are on the wall, the faces are on the wall. When you walk down that, that hallway now to go to the dressing room, all the sort of famous victories are on the wall. They know they're at a big club. They know the expectation because it's everywhere they look. They don't need us getting on their backs when they're not living up to those expectations because there's only very few can sort of deal with that, I think. I think there's been a lot of players at Rangers who technically had the ability to make it, but in terms of the mentality and the sort of mental strength, just couldn't cope. You know what I mean? They just couldn't cope with the, the expectations and the demands and fans getting on their back the minute they made two bad passes, you know what I mean? And somebody that, that you'll know from your, your previous job, David, someone like Kurt Broadford, who, you know, he's a good pro and he's he's a decent enough player. But if you'd have asked me, you know, that he was a Rangers player before he signed for Rangers, I'd have said no. I mean, I've gone on about admiration for Kurt Broadford because he, he made the best with what he's got, but what he did have was the mentality he played for Rangers. Nothing phased him. It didn't bother him. You know what I mean? He just got in and, and got on about it. Fans getting on his back didn't bother him. And you could see that Walter Smith trusted him because any time we played Celtic and, and we were up against Aidan McGeady, 
Broadfoot was selected more times than not. You know what I mean? So Walter Smith trusted that guy, even though he was someone you would consider a player of limited ability. He trusted that guy because he just had that ability to, to deal with playing for Rangers. And I admire that and I respect that, but I do think we could do a bit more in terms of supporting players and getting behind them when things are no quite going our way. I think you would see that some other players that are maybe touching goal, and I don't know if he's quite a Rangers player, would maybe actually come out themselves a bit and you would see a bit more from them. So it's been a bugbear of mine for a while. And this thing, supporters leaving in like 79, 80 minutes, that does my nothing. That absolutely does my nothing. And it needs called out for what it is. You know what I mean? Folk don't go to the pictures and leave 10 minutes before the end. You know what I mean? I know folk have got buses to get. I know folk have got trains to get. But not on that level. Absolutely not on that level. And another thing they do when they're leaving is they're standing on the stairways blocking people. You know, their view of the game when, when they're the supporters that are staying to shout the team on. So that needs to be addressed in my opinion as well. Uh, we're a great support. You know, we've turned up in huge numbers, but we're not perfect. And I think we could be a wee bit more encouraging at times rather than just the minute it starts going a wee bit pear-shaped, getting, getting in about them and turning on them, you know, support them, encourage them. And then after the game, you can say, well, you know what, that was terrible and that's no good enough and blah, blah, blah. But during the game, get behind them, support them, help them over the line, surely not. No, I do agree with you. I think that was, I'll agree with most of, most of your points on the actual support in the in the stadium I think it can get it can get almost quite toxic sometimes uh, and certainly leaving early leaving early stuff is is not something that I agree with either I think so it always baffles me really that even when it's you know it's you know now now when each other people are still leaving early and that's 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 yeah a bugbear of mine too. Um, but I'm sure, again, it's difficult because you don't know what the reasons are. Um, but I think... Yeah. I, I think there are reasons and, and, and I get there will be people who are leaving for legitimate reasons. I've had to leave the game myself early on, on occasion, David, because of work and stuff like that. I get that some people have to leave early, right? But no, not that amount. No way. No way that no, amount. Think- and, when you, and when you go into the loud at 10 minutes to you know, the final whistle, it'll be mobbed. And 80% of the folk that are in there will have been in the ground. You stand at the subway queue 10 minutes before the game finishes, it's mobbed. And no all of them are going to their work and stuff like that. So if you can stay, then you should stay. That's that's how I feel. You know what I mean? We're, we're supposed to be on this together. We moan about sometimes how disconnected supporters feel for players. I don't think that helps. You know what I mean? If you're out there busting a the gut, you've been running up and doing a touchline for 80 minutes and then you look out and you know, 50% of the crowd have left and it's one each. I, I, I don't think that helps. No, no. I think that I think the overall atmosphere in, in Ibrook sometimes can be maybe not as good as as the as the away games. But in saying that, I don't think I think that's been that's been a, something that was happening even before you know went down. The atmosphere in the stadium hasn't hasn't been great. Um, I think you'll find for a while unless it's a big game. I think most clubs supporters most club supporters will say that there's a better atmosphere at away games, and I get that, right? And and everybody talks about oh we should increase the atmosphere and all the rest. I don't think it really works like that. You know what I mean? You're not going to get huge atmospheres at every single game. If you did, then you wouldn't appreciate big atmospheres when they come. However, what you can do is just change how you support the team. You know, rather than shouting at them, you know, just try and encourage them and, and just change the whole, that will change the whole mood in the ground. And if people are saying that when it's negative stuff, it, you know, it infiltrates onto the, the pitch and the players, well, if it's more positive, then that's going to be the same. You know, if they, if they are having guys on the park feel that they, we're behind them, I think you'll see a, a better level of performance. That's, that's just my opinion. I think I think the difficulty is though that these conversations have been had for years now. And it's it's not changed. So how, how do you change? Well, I mean, I think we live in an age where it would be easier to change. I mean, I'm not saying it's easy to change, but it's certainly easier with 
you know, you've got supporters groups, you've got Twitter, you've got the internet, you've got ways of connecting supporters to try and, you know, change the culture. Uh, but even then, it's still really difficult because folk are, you know, folk are in their, their habits of old and not, they'll not change. I, I think when you look at uh, what's happened at, at Liverpool, you know, Klopp made a big thing not long after he arrived. He made a comment about that he felt quite lonely. Well, it's 75 minutes on the clock when he was looking around and all, all the fans were streaming out the pitch. And then a couple of weeks later, I think they got a draw against Crystal Palace or something like that. Uh, and he'd, he'd, he'd made a big thing about it. He'd come out and said, you know, we decide when it's time to go home. You know, you shouldn't be going home at 75 minutes because it's, you know, one nothing to the opposition and you think the game's done. We decide when the game's done. We give it everything we've done and then when the game's done, that's when we know we've either won or lost. And uh, the next game, the supporters sort of stayed. They took it on board and stayed and, and he'd done a sort of semi-lap of honour, which he got a lot of criticism for at the time. You know, they were all ridiculing him because they were going up to the cop and thanking the supporters after a two-each draw or something against Crystal Palace. But when you look back on it now and you look back on the journey that they've went on since and you look at how positive that stadium is now, there's a real connection between that manager, that team and that crowd. They are all in it together. So it is possible, you know, because there's there's a living, breathing example of how it's how it's possible right now, uh, down down there. But I think we're a bit doer as 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 I think Scots in general are a bit doer, and I think Ranger supporters in particular can be a, a bit of a, a dry bunch. So it's probably a wee bit more difficult with us as a support. I mean, we turn up like the big European games and that the atmosphere at Ibox is outstanding. Uh, it's just some of the league games, you know, I think just too many sit there and go, right, win, just win, and then I'll go home happy. You know what I mean? And it doesn't really work like that. And I've probably learned a wee bit more about this watching, you know, my boy play football. You know, you go there every week and you, you learn about, you know, encouraging them in a positive way and instead of moaning and all the rest of it. So when I, when I see the effect that has at that level of football, that, that's still the same at higher level, even though they're adults and all the rest of it. They would still rather the, the support that was there was encouraging them rather than giving them a hard time. Uh, how you do it is is a bigger thing, but I think it's an easier thing to do now than it was maybe 20, 30 years ago when we were maybe having the same debate. You know, you've got the internet, you've got, you know, Club 1872, you've got the supporters groups that are behind the goal there, the Blue Order and all them. You know, if you can link all them up and just ask for a sort of change in culture and all the rest of it, then you would you would maybe see some some results. I don't know, but it's definitely an issue for me. It's you know some of the stuff you hear on match day. I think Ibrox is 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 not supportive. That's probably the best way of putting it. Well, we'll have um, obviously a game on on Wednesday night to to make up for. Uh, Saturday, hopefully. Um, but are you are you confident going into the match? Because obviously it's uh, it's not been a great run. We've not been playing very well at home. So, what are your thoughts ahead of the game? Uh, I mean, right now, um, probably a wee bit nervous. I mean, I noticed Tibbs they drew two each yesterday with St Johnston. So, I mean, that's two. I mean, St Johnston on a great side. Tibbs are at home, and St Mirren are always cool. Was it St Mum? Sorry, I'm looking at the paper here as well. Sorry, St Mum. <laughs> well, it's even worse. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's St Mum are probably worse. So it's they're no two great teams. You know what I mean? So looking at that, we should be confident because even although Hibs have improved a wee bit uh, under is it Jack Ross? Uh, I, 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 yes, yes, I, 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 I think I think they're still a fair bit off the sort of team they've been in the past. That said, there's a lot of negativity around Rangers at the moment and I'm sure it'll be another nervy night. You know what I mean? I, I just think we need to win and then we need to get need to keep winning until we get that game in hand, done and dusted, and hopefully get to, you know, if we get it back to four points by winning that game in hand, then I, I think the, the mood will lift a wee bit, but I, I think Wednesday night will be nervy. I mean, I think we'll win, but uh, I, I think it could be a nervy night. I think in I think in many ways these sorts of games have have higher expectations because I think like the likes of Ross County last week and St Mirren the week before 
the midweek games, they papered over the cracks a wee bit. You know, narrow victories over lesser opposition. Um, I think it was more of an expectancy that we will go out and put on a show against maybe the Hibs and Aberdeens. And obviously that didn't happen on, on Saturday, so there'll be even more pressure on the team come Wednesday. And you, you just hope that, that they'll be able to be able to deal with that because obviously I can see it being a being a similar game. I think Hibs will come and settle stall out pretty clearly straight off the bat. Um but I'm I'm interested to know who who would you look to to bring in? Who would you change from from Saturday's team? And would you look at maybe bringing Tav back in, even if he isn't hundred percent? Uh, it all depends on how fit he is, I suppose. I mean, if he's maybe 80 percent, then you probably would go with him. Although that said, I don't think Pulsar's done much wrong, to be honest. You know, he's just came into a team that isn't performing. You know, so I. I, I I think he could genuinely feel quite unlucky. I mean, I, I, I know he's, he's he's going to fall out of the team the minute Tav's fit again, but, you know, he, he could feel a wee bit unlucky because he's not getting put out of the team because he's done anything wrong. Uh, hopefully, I mean, I, I don't know where Ryan Jack is just now, but if he's fit, you would, you would like to see him back. Another game for Morelos, he looked a wee bit rusty yesterday. The ball bounced off him more than once, you know. He just didn't look his sort of usual self. So, in terms of the personnel, <laughs> I find it difficult because the team that we've been playing was doing the job so well. And it's it's hard to think, well, what's happened here? Why are we not doing this? One player I think who maybe could drop out the team is Aribo. Just doesn't seem to be doing it at the moment. You know, you could maybe ask uh, Canberra to play that, that, that role. Uh, I suppose we'll just need, need to wait and see. Oh, I, ju- I just want the three points, David, to be honest with you. If, if, if Ryan Jack's fit, get him back in the team. If Tav's fit, get him back in the team. Uh, and I, I think Katic might might lose his position as well, going by Gerard's comments yesterday. Uh, but we'll, we'll just need to wait and see. What would your score prediction be for, for Wednesday and Colin, just to finish up? Yeah, uh, just 2-0. Just, just win. <laughs> Yeah. Just win at all costs. I don't care yes. how it goes in. Just 1-0, 2-0, I don't care. But I, I just think at this particular moment in time, we just need to win and just try and get a bit of belief back in the place uh, and, and start getting heading in the direction where we're heading just before the winter break there. We shall see. Um, shall. Thanks Thanks for, for joining me tonight, Colin. Um, and thanks to you all for listening. It's, you can obviously catch up with we announced we're doing on, on the usual channels and um until next week we will see you again. Cheers. <laughs>